0: Well, as the cost of living squeeze continues to bite, one area the Albanese government has had some traction is on energy prices. After bringing in a price cap on gas last year, this week, the government uh, announced a deal with gas giants Woodside and Esso that will see 260 petajoules supplied to gas-fired power stations in Australia's southeast until 2033. In exchange... Well, the companies will be exempt from the $12 a gigajoule price cap. Energy Minister Chris Bowen says the government will ensure the companies don't use this as an opportunity just to raise your gas prices.
1: There's very substantial penalties uh, under the code uh, for breaching of the code. These uh, producers have undertaken to supply to the Australian domestic market and that is necessary to keep the downward pressure on prices. Uh, They will comply because the penalties for not complying
0: are so substantial. Mm -hmm. But the move to shore up gas supplies for the next decade hasn't exactly impressed everybody. Allegra Spender is the federal member for the Sydney seat of Wentworth. Welcome back to Drive for a new year and happy new year to you. And to you. You've criticised this move by the government. For the longest time, the government of, of or governments of all stripes have been criticised for not holding back enough domestic supply. Why are you critical of this move?
1: Look, my, my, my big focus, I think, to be honest, in where the government should be focused on energy price relief is about how to pe- give people long-term security and long-term certainty about their energy bills while at the same time reducing, reducing their climate impact. But the wholesale so I- gas
0: price has almost halved in recent months. Doesn't that show that the government's strategy here is working?
1: Look, I think, you know, I support that we have had to have a cap on, on gas prices, to be honest, and I supported that, um, despite, you know, the coalition not supporting that. I knew that for for households, we needed to ensure that households didn't, you know, get really um, burnt by the cost spikes in fossil fuels in the gas prices and the coal prices. But what I'm saying is, as the government thinks about what it does next, what it needs to be focused on is on consumers and about how to help people have energy price certainty by having more solar, by more having more batteries, and by having um, better appliances, more energy-efficient appliances in their own homes, because that is what gives people real certainty. If you've got solar on the roof and a battery in the garage, then you know you've got control over your energy prices.
0: What about reliability gaps? I mean, the government does have this target to have 82% of our energy sourced from uh, those renewable sources that you indicated by the end of the decade. But I mean, they say gas is needed to tide uh, the network over until then. Surely this is needed to sort of deal with these reliability gaps, which we've been told are, are looming.
1: Look, I think that they do need to have um, – I, I agree with you that we need to have reliability. And, and I, I agree that also gas has a role to play as we transition out of out of fossil fuels. But what we need to be doing is accelerating um, our transition and particularly helping households make sure that they can manage this transition and manage you know, the cost in, in gas prices and coal prices so that it doesn't hurt the consumers as badly as it has in the past. And I think this is a great opportunity for the government to do the right thing by people's you know, hip pocket and cost of living squeeze, but do it over not just the short term, over the long term as well.
0: I knew we'd get to cost of living uh, eventually. It's on the top of everyone's minds and the tips of everyone's tongues these days. The Prime Minister says cost of living will be front and centre uh, of his government in the coming year. He's announced an urgent caucus meeting for Wednesday for his uh, members of parliament uh, to come up with ideas to tackle this issue. What do you make of this meeting? Is it a st- to set an agenda for a new year, particularly in a sort of slow news cycle, or is it a genuine effort to address what people are clearly reporting?
1: Look, you know, I think you know certainly if you talk to anyone in the community cost of living is front and center and so I think it's absolutely right that the government is is sitting down and going what else can it do um, and there there are things they can do I think they should absolutely be particularly focused on energy bills and saying how can you reduce them sustainably over time not just for you know for six months but actually on the long term because someone who's got solar on their roof they save between $1,100 and $1,800 a year compared to somebody who doesn't um, but you also need to make sure it works for for people who don't have control of, you know, don't perhaps have their own house or can't put solar on, like renters and apartment dwellers in my area. You know, so I think it's absolutely right that the government is looking at cost of living. It should be looking at it hard, but it should also be looking at, you know, our climate goals and seeing if we can do those two things at the same time.
0: But, but any subsidy of solar panels for homeowners or renters alike will uh, inevitably force uh, an inflationary situation. I mean, the government's in a tricky position here because you put money in people's pockets to relieve the cost of living pressures, but you also stimulate inflation. So what do you think the government could be doing to avoid these two guardrails? We were talking to Chris Richardson earlier in the program exactly on this point. What availability, What ideas are available for the government within the go- those existing guardrails?
1: look, I, I agree that you know their government must needs to make sure that they 're not adding to inflation, however, I do think you know when you look at what happens to when you when you put in you know solar panels and those things, that has a long term impact on people 's energy prices, so that that can provide that relief um, you know from the inflationary pressures and so you know so I think that if it 's a, a well designed um, program if it 's not you know uh, it 's not a sort of um, too generous because you have to keep keep those guardrails but i think if you provide those the right guardrails then you can do both you know for example we've done a costing of um, of a of support particularly for renters and that would be for landlords who are already planning to upgrade you know who who need to replace the hot water system or need to replace the air conditioning using something using incentivizing those landlords to choose the energy efficient one is a way that won't drive up inflation but will make sure that the cost of electricity and the cost of energy for those um, renters is lower. So, I think you kind of have to design it quite thoughtfully, but there are ways to do that um, that can, you know, minimise the impact on inflation, but also make a long-term difference um, to people's household bills.
0: Again, uh, economist Chris Richardson told me last hour that tweaking the proposed stage three tax cuts to make them less generous to those earning more than $120,000 a year would be one way to take some pressure off this inflationary effect. Would, would you support that?
1: Look, I, I think that we should be looking at a much broader tax reform, and I, that's been my position across the point. You know, I think that honestly, um, in terms of, you know, we should be looking at, you know – we. Income taxes. Uh, you know, Australia has some of the highest income taxes and my highest reliance on income taxes um, in in the world. And you look, I was just looking at stats recently on who's cutting back their spending right now. The young workers are cutting back their spending, and though it's, uh, the people who are perhaps retired have other assets, those are the ones who aren't cutting back their spending. So I I support that we actually give relief to you know to to younger workers. But I think over time we need to rebalance our tax system um, so that we ensure that we don't just put increased burden on workers. So, you know, I'm not I'm not arguing for a change in the state through tax
0: cuts. Just lastly, my sources uh, suggest that some of the major political parties, including uh, TEALs, such as yourself and those who fund the TEALs, are preparing for a possible election this year. Uh, we know that the election window opens on Saturday, the 3rd of August, 2024. That's if the writs are issued by July 1. Do you think we'll go to the polls this year?
1: look you know you know i would think probably not my sort of my thought is that you know with the queensland election in october with the wa election in march you know it makes it quite tricky um to do that and and frankly i think australians would like to you know governments to to see out a 3 year term you know honestly it feels you know 3 years is pretty short um and i feel that you know people don't love just going to elections you know all all the time and i think people you know want um, governments to to do the do the right thing, you know, last the full three years. And frankly, I'd be supporting us taking to a four-year term because, you know, it takes time to get things right and we don't want to be going to the polls all the time. So my guess, you know, but it is a guess, it will be next year.
0: Well, a lot of uh, politics will happen before then. Allegra Spender is the independent member for Wentworth in Sydney's east. Good to talk to you. Thanks for your time. Thanks so much. ABCRN helps you understand the world.